time again for another scaring is sharing yep it's a podcast where we share spooky news and frightful views with each other and you about all things horror all things jazz hands (laughs) if you could see it we're doing jazz hands right now (laughs) are you a fan of donnie darko I love Donnie Darko. Sparkle Motion. I just think of it every yeah, time on Jazz Hands. I, I uh, question your commitment to Sparkle Motion. <laughs> Beth Grant. I love her. I know. That is such a... Is that a horror movie? I don't know. In my mind, if you're a, a horror Jace. fan, yeah, you oh, like sure. Donnie Darko. It's not I, truly a horror movie, but it's close. It's, oh, my God. It's got to be close enough, though. Like, Frank is so scary. And it's definitely a Halloween movie because it happens oh. on Halloween. So uh, For sure. And Jenna yeah. Malone. Oh my god, I love her. Oh, so Jenna Malone? Am I correct? Yeah, Jenna Malone. Yeah, Jake Gyllenhaal, Jenna Malone, Drew Barrymore, Mary McConaughey, Patrick Swayze. Yeah, I I always forget he's in it until I start watching it, and I'm like, oh yeah, that's right. Oh my god, and Maggie Gyllenhaal, so so good. Yeah, good stuff. And also, you're so so good because you are Jeremy the original Sasquatch Slim Rusk, and you are the (laughs) flaming scream queen himself, Brandy Joe Plantner. Yes, I am. And we talk about whatever we want for the first part. And then we go to some movies that we sign to each other in the second part. So if you don't like our jibber jabber, then you can look in the notes and, and skip ahead. See, see where to go to. If you somehow found us because you looked up specifically what are the movies we're covering in this episode and found this, welcome. <laughs> Hello. How are you? And we'll talk about it soon enough. <laughs> uh, but yeah. Oh my God. Dying Darko is so good. Did you like the director's cut? I do. I do not like the director's cut. Because it's I, just too much. It's over explains. I think that when they the the main problem with the director's cut is all that stuff explaining like the time travel and how everything worked. Uh, I, I think it was better just leaving it as it was, vaguer and just kind of mysterious. And did you ever watch Samantha Darko? I can't even say it without laughing. It's so dumb. Yeah, S S Darko. Oh, that's uh, right. Sorry. But I tried once and I'm like, this is, I started, I think I started like the first few minutes and I was like, can't do it. And then <laughs> didn't. So bad. So yeah. bad. It reminds me so much of like American Psycho 2. Oh God. Mila Kunis. Which is also just like unwatchably like not good. So it's yeah. like, why, why did you think making a sequel that has barely anything to do with uh, a beloved well, not barely anything. It's like they made a sequel that's just a remake with different characters of the beloved first movie. So it's like, why did you even do that? Yeah, just cash cows, even though it's not exactly. like big time cash cows. It's like direct to DVD cash cows. Yeah. <laughs> Which are like small little cows. Yeah, exactly. I think it was just movies that have enough obsession with them that they're like, let's do another movie. These idiots will buy anything related to this, uh, you know, property, but they were wrong. So, and like, I don't know if they thought Davy chase had like more of a following because of the ring. Cause she was the Samantha Darko in the first one. And then she was Samara. And I don't know. I think she's in the first one. I think she is the daughter, but maybe they recast her. Now I have to look that up. Yeah. Look it up real quick. She's not a name. I mean, I know her name. But mm-hmm. mainly from Big Love, because she was also in that, and she was a little baddie. She was a little bad girl. 
But Donnie Darko, yeah, I I, I remember liking the director's cut, but I also like the more of the mystery in the OG. I thought it was really good. The director's cut also changes some of the music, uh, and I think oh. the sound. I think the soundtrack is perfect of the you know the theatrical the original cut we know uh because some of the key songs are switched out to like what he actually wanted because i understand there was rights issues when it came out theatrically that he couldn't clear a couple of the songs so he flopped them out but i think the like echo and the bunny men tracks he uses in you know the uh original version are better than uh the director's cut so yeah so it was Davy Chase in the original. So at least they kept her. Like mm-hmm. American Psycho 2, you know, all of a sudden Patrick Bateman had like a sister or something. Like, wasn't that what it was? Did you even watch it? Well, she was uh she was like supposed to be his last victim, but she killed him instead. Or like oh. something. Yeah, something totally weird. And then she's also a killer, or you know, it was very stupid. Mila Kunis, right? Now it why was, am I okay? It was Mila Kunis, yeah. <laughs> in it in the beginning of her, I think. She would have already been a TV star, but that was like early in her movie career, I would believe. So, yeah. So, it was Davy Chase in the original Donnie Darko, which at least they kept that in place. Mm-hmm. But yeah. <sighs> Just so fucking weird. So weird. So weird. Do you know what I caught last night, which was really, really fun? I watched Lara Hasn't Slept, which is that hmm. original short film that Smile is based on. Oh, it's on YouTube because of the success of Smile. It was like put out by Paramount or whatever. Mm. And like Parker Finn has just like this tiny little introduction in the beginning. And it was so good. I loved it. It was really, really good. I loved it way more than I love Smile. Mm -hmm. Uh, And yeah, not any of the same people, same sort of concept, like some similarities for sure. I think that they expanded it in an interesting enough way. Um, but definitely worth checking out if you like short films. Uh, Lara hasn't slept. Yeah, I get. I look also that love up. the title. So good. Very cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, what did you watch this week? I have revisited the Goosebumps movie with Jack Black because that's been on Got Netflix. Uh, I like. I'm assuming many people of my generation loved Goosebumps and read them all the time. So the movie is like, I feel tailor made. Uh, for well, of course, for kids, but also for the uh, millennials that love goosebumps. Um, and I don't know, it's very silly, but I enjoy it. I, I know there's like a divided response to it because I've seen plenty of people that are like, it was stupid, you know, not that good, but I think it's immensely fun. Uh, it takes a minute to get going to the goosebumps part of stuff. Uh, but once it's there, it's just, it has great set pieces, cool monsters, you know, all the classic uh, creatures from the uh, the books. So, uh, and I also feel that evil lawn gnomes are a horribly underutilized movie monster. Like more evil gnomes, please. They're what a perfect <laughs> movie horror movie villain. So, are you going to watch the movie Troll? Yes. Okay, I, I, I figured must. you would. I yeah. must. I'm like a Norwegian kaiju movie, but about a troll. I gotta see it. <laughs> I gotta see this, but I haven't had time to watch it yet. And who is it? Um, the director is someone. It's the isn't it the guy that did the Dead Snow movies? I think yes, 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 yes. Which you have not seen? No, I have seen those. And, oh, okay, they're hard and, to come by. I had to like illegally download them. Yeah, they lived on streaming for years uh, and then just seemed to have disappeared. So I'm assuming they're it's good. Uh, well, I've only watched the first one, but it was really good. Two is even better. Oh, 
at least I think I've, I've seen some people are the opposite, but I'm like, I think two is even better. Two is an evil dead two. Uh, oh, okay. You know, two, the first dead snows, evil dead one. Like they just oh. up the ante. It's crazier, more humor, oh, um, more zombies. Cause, yeah. cause two, I, it, two has the, you know, the Nazi zombies are back. But they also then bring in a regiment of Soviet soldiers that get resurrected as zombies, and it's it's just out of out of control. Okay, wait, I'm talking about the wrong movie. Then I'm talking Uh-oh. about, um, shoot, I thought it was Dead Snow. Mm-hmm. There's a movie. <laughs> oh shit! It is a foreign film, and it's about this group of kids at this, um like a lodge that no one is like there and then they all start getting killed and it's not mm. dead snow no um, it's, yeah dead snow's nazi zombies oh fuck then i'm thinking of the wrong movie i've never seen the dead snow movies oh um, those are awesome cold prey oh cold that's prey. what i'm thinking of. cold prey that's dead different snow. and that's not him <laughs> no that's not him but when i saw it that's what i thought of. but cold prey is good okay yeah zombies but i'm also wrong no wait we're all messed up (laughs) troll right aren't you no the movie troll is directed by let's find out i'm gonna scream no you're right it's the guy that did cold prey you gotta be confused dead snow is tommy Wercola, who directed violent night that's his new movie that's out (laughs) that's what's going on here we're getting we're getting our norwegians all confused (laughs) Well, Cold Prey is good, but Cold Prey is very hard to find. Okay. It's difficult. I I looked it up and I know what it is because it's the, uh, I've seen that uh, cover like that as a DVD somewhere. So, okay. Cause yeah, you were talking about how funny it was. And I was like, God, the original is bleak. Like that is, seems so out of sorts. Dead Snow is funny. (laughs) And Dead Snow 2 is even better. So maybe we should cover the Dead Snows then at some point. Those are wild. Oh, for sure. Uh, I also watched Wednesday this week. Mm. So good. You haven't watched it yet? Of Not course. yet. Uh, you don't, you plan- don't watch these horror series anymore, Jeremy. I, I I don't know what it is with TV shows. I'm always like, I don't <laughs> want to devote the time to like, I'm not ready to commit yet. For oh, and see, I love here. a good binge. I love one that I'm like, oh, one more, one more before I go to bed. I love that. I love yeah. that sort of, I guess maybe it's like uh, an addiction filler. Yeah, could be. <laughs> Since I don't have the other things, like it feels, it's such a healthy addiction, unless mm-hmm. you know, you're avoiding friends and family to do it which may not always be a bad thing but um yeah it's i think there is something to that that sort of addict Depend- in me depends on your that. friends and family <laughs> for sure for sure but it was so good i loved it um i think we've talked about before i don't like chilling adventures of sabrina really mm-hmm. was thinking it was going to be the same sort of thing but it has a ton of heart um it's very witty it's very clever uh, i love all the people in it uh, it has a similar character in it that Chucky had, like sort of a a side pal that I just ax- absolutely like imprinted on and just loved. And so it was super fun. And I just, I, I loved it. It was like Harry Potter meets Nancy Drew meets the Addams Family. Cool. <laughs> like they all had a beautiful baby, a yeah. beautiful, creepy, dark baby. Yeah. Sarah and I are planning to watch it together. So that okay. one's been earmarked. Oh yeah, set aside. So yeah, yeah, we want to check it out. There's been some. Uh, there's a couple of things that people aren't crazy about with it. One is, um, is it Lewis 
Guzman? Luis Guzman. Luis. Oh my God. Some people are so up in arms about him. Yeah. So dumb. He looks like the guy in the original comics. However, Mm -hmm. you look at the original comics, because I I made that argument to someone on Facebook. I don't normally get involved in these conversations because I let people complain about what they want to complain and I don't want to get in there and get with it. But Mm -hmm. I just felt like it with this person, even though I didn't really know them. And um, and I posted a picture. I'm like, I think he looks really much like, you know, the original. He does, 100%. But mm-hmm. they're like, well, then, if that's what Tim Burton was going for, why didn't he make P- Pugsley blonde? Because Pugsley is blonde in the original. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to thumbs up this, which is my very, you know, um, passive-aggressive, you got it, dude. Yeah. <laughs> which I hate. Don't thumbs up my stuff. Uh, <laughs> and I was like, okay, I'm out of this conversation. Uh, Probably for but, the better. People are yeah. stupid. People are so dumb. And I, I mean, I get it. Raul Julia was great. I 100% agree. He's sexy in the original ones. Like, Luis Guzman is not sexy to a lot of people, probably. And I feel like that's just what people are holding on to. But I th- I think he's a very good actor. So Yeah, Luis Guzman's great. I, yeah. uh, I always enjoy him when he shows up in something. So I was like, oh, that's kind of a brilliant uh, twist on the casting. Because I think yeah. everyone was looking for a Raul Julia like, duplicate. Yeah. Uh, and the fact they didn't do that, I'm like, no, that's that's the way to go. Like, make it your own. And I also think there's something to the sort of like, I, I mean, I don't like these words, but this sort of thing, like sort of like the Beauty and the Beast mm-hmm. with like, you know, Catherine Zeta-Jones as Morticia and mm-hmm. then him as um gomez as gomez like yeah. i think there, like that sort of juxtaposition is really yeah. fun as mm-hmm. opposed to like two really hot people together yeah it's a very uh uh get all cinema nerd on you a very fellini-esque uh uh juxtaposition because federico fellini loved to do those sorts of pairing people together that were so very different looking like he was very much about those kinds of juxtapositions in his movies so Love you, that. yeah it's 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 a very fun way to play with the visual medium and people also have some issues with his cgi which at times is not amazing but it's like it's a netflix show like it's not you know and it's not the heart of it it's not everything it's just there sometimes Mm so i'm kind of like whatever whatever it is what it is but that leads us to our first teragram. We have a couple teragrams today from our, a friend of the podcast, Lauren. And the first one is about our very topic we're speaking of now. And Lauren writes, I'm sure you'll talk about the Netflix Wednesday show before this message gets on air, but I'll talk about it anyway. My family binged it over a few days, and it was quite fun. There was a lot of subtle Burton, I'll call it sophisticated Burton versus a whimsical Burton style, and Easter eggs aplenty to reference the show and previous movies. Jenna Ortega nailed it as Wednesday. There's a great subtleness of how she doesn't typically blink when she speaks. She only breaks this behavior in moments when Wednesday actually feels uncomfortable or her confidence wavers. It's extremely effective and smart. We try to find out what happened to the adult Wednesday show that had been planned with Ricci, but my husband said he didn't see anything. I wonder if they had cast Ortega as a young Wednesday for flashbacks and then decided that a story with her as the main character was the way they wanted to go. Everyone tied to the Adams family nailed their characters. Gwendolyn Christie was awesome as she was in Sandman. Emma Myers, Enid, felt like this generation's Willow from the Buffy and the Vampire Slayer show. A lot of other actors nailed their parts. Joy Sunday, Chris. Christina Ricci, Ricky Lindholm, Hunter 
Chuan, Musa, Mustafa, etc. Hopefully there will be a second season, but if it isn't renewed, it's still got a strong finish, and I thought they tied up the character story arcs nicely. Thanks, Lauren. And yes, mm-hmm. all of that agreed. The other thing I forgot to mention, I've seen multiple posts on Facebook where someone's like, oh my God, did you know that the person who plays this character also was Wednesday Adams in the movies from the 90s? Like, people don't <laughs> like know who Christina Ricci is. Wow. Isn't that crazy? That's- I've seen, and people in the comments, oh my God, mind blown. I'm like, what the fuck? What? Okay. <laughs> I know, yeah. is that wild? People are young. <laughs> yeah yeah they are um it, to her point too i understand that tim burton had been tim burton was supposed to direct the original adams family movie uh oh. but had to step out because he was working on was batman returns in the way or something he had another one of his you know projects he's actually famous for uh going on so he had he had to drop it and that's how barry sonnenfeld took over uh and, and did those two movies but ever since tim burton's been trying to make an adams family adaptation mm. uh, and from what i understand this wednesday show is the newest iteration of him having reworked the script and concept multiple times over to get it made uh because for a while it was going to be a stop motion like nightmare before christmas like a stop motion movie is what he was trying to make but uh that just kept falling through with producers interesting and then they made that animated one you know a couple years ago uh-huh. that had nothing to do with him so that again forced him to like because they did it without i think his involvement or something like that or was he like a producer on it i don't know but he had to revamp his concept all over again and so that's oh, how we ended up with the tv series so interesting uh well if you want to write us scaring sharing at gmail.com follow us on insta scaring and sharing we'll come back we have one more from lauren that we'll read in a little bit yeah. uh Another thing that is really depressing is that Mike Flanagan, his contract with Netflix is up. I was going to mention that. It's, oh my uh, God. It, it sounded like it was a little bit of a uh, acrimonious thing, I think, because uh, the article I was reading framed it as they canceled Midnight Club. So he like took his toys and went home. So he, oh. he negotiated a contract with Amazon Prime, and that's where he's jumping to now. Oh, see, and I thought it was like his contract was up, and therefore they canceled it, and then he was going to like take it with him. But, no, I think oh. it was, from what I understood, he still, I was like, I thought he still had like a uh, first look deal with them for more like movies and stuff, but apparently they're saying, mm, it's all done. I'm taking it all over to, because oh. the thing I was reading mentioned that he was still due to do some more movies for them, but I guess he's not. <laughs> not oh. anymore, so, yeah. Wow, okay, I just skimmed, so. yeah. That's sad because he's done so many good things with Netflix. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I hope Midnight Club comes back. As much as I didn't like it at first, I did fall in love. The article I was reading said that was part of the idea is season two might be on Prime. <laughs> so I just, I've seen so few things on Prime that I love besides The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Like, I love that show, but there's mm-hmm. been so many other things that I have not loved. So yeah, they have not been the power powerhouse like at producing their own stuff that Netflix has. So, but maybe this will be the shift. It might be. Um, Jeremy, I, you may have read this similar thing, but I read this concept, this newish concept, at least of first girls instead of final girls. Did you read mm. about this? Mm-mm. 
And people talking like, what's your favorite first girl? Which is, of course, the first person to get killed in a movie. And in this particular case, girls, like a final girl. And, of course, what are some of the big ones? I mean, the greatest would be uh, Janet Leigh in uh, Psycho. or Followed uh, by? In Nightmare on Elm Street. Um, That's not what I was going to say, but close. That's what I would. uh, Or uh, uh, (sighs) Jaws. Well, sure. See, you're skipping away from the one that I think is number one. Oh, sorry. Casey Becker and Scream. Oh, yeah. Duh. (laughs) Sorry. But those, no, no, no. But those are like the four main ones. Like Amanda, is it Weiss? Amanda Weiss. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, And Nightmare on Elm Street. Mm -hmm. Janet Lee. I don't know the woman's name in Jaws. Mm -hmm. um, But the girl. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Gets eaten. So classic. Yep. Yep. And of course, Casey Becker. Those are like the four that like stand out. For sure. Uh, for sure. And then also, you could say, um, from Scream 2, Jada Pinkett Smith. Mm-hmm. So or, fucking good. Uh, I liked uh, Maya Hawk in uh, the Fear Street trilogy. Oh, yeah. That is a good one. Yeah, in the very first Fear Street. Oh, you know? fuck yes. They so s- good. Much like Scream, they set her up, you know, and there you go. And it was very scream like ask uh, yeah for yeah. sure yeah but i i dug that i dug that little bit of um i was like oh first girl that should mm-hmm. definitely become a thing lots cool. of times the first kill is a little boring though so it really that, like when your head goes to like that concept you go to those main ones because mm-hmm. they were sort of iconic in some way as opposed to forgettable and they were thrown at you as a twist like you were spending time with somebody you thought was going to be a main character before they pull the rug out from under you so that's totally that's how that works i think best yeah because nightmare on elm street i can't imagine that like heather langenkamp was like someone that people knew like Mm -hmm. so they really you set up with like tina's dream and then you meet tina's friends and then tina's death is still to this day just so good horrifying and it's so much of it is her acting like her screams and her the sounds she makes and the only thing about it and spoiler spoilers although it's forever years old is when her chest like when her shirt is torn open and cut it, mm-hmm. it luckily it happens fast but it doesn't look great yeah yeah there's a lot of special effects in that especially like the mom at the end when it's very clearly a dummy <laughs> yeah, like yeah, there's some the worst there's some special effects that have not aged well whatsoever in yeah but, but it's still just so fun it's such a yeah. good movie because mm-hmm. <laughs> so many of the effects that were practical still look really good yeah yeah like the the stuff they do with like the rooms turning around and like mm-hmm. the two different scenes is just like so 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 good and speaking of all of the nightmare on elm streets are on shutter right now Oh, fun. Uh, They just got loaded up on there. And uh, I think it's time for a binge of that. Yeah, that's always good. That's a good binge. Yeah, which which made me think, too. And then uh, jumping off point, HBO Max added a bunch of the Hellraisers. They have all of the like Doug Bradley starring sequels. Uh, That had me thinking, too. I'm like. Hellraiser is the series, right? With the worst amount of movies. Like, what horror franchise has the most bad movies? It's probably Hellraiser, right? Like, unfortunately, yeah. it deserves yeah. better. Um, but you know, that's that had me thinking. I'm looking at them, and I'm like, I do really want to watch some of these at some point just to have done it. But I know uh, more than a few of them are just not very good or not highly regarded so yeah uh, and that had me thinking like yeah that's got to be the series that or texas chainsaw i think those are the two series that have the most amount of bad long-running horror series that have the most bad movies in them yeah because they have a lot yes 
Yeah. Because even some of the worst like Halloweens or Nightmare on Elm Streets, I still find fun enough to like and revisit. So. Same with Friday the 13th. Yeah. Like, there's some bad ones, but there's some good ones. Yep. Yeah. What um what are some other ones, people? Tell us. Yeah, what are the yeah. worst long running horror series? For sure. Um so a long time ago I talked about my dad and how I was sort of surprised that he didn't bring me up watching more monster movies because I know he likes scary movies. So I was recently on the phone with him and I asked him about it. I was like, Dad, what the fuck? No, mm-hmm. I didn't say that. Um, but I asked him very nicely about the question. And he was like, you know, growing up, we because he grew up in South Dakota and, mm-hmm. you know, he's like 70 or whatever. So like this was a long time ago. Um, they had like one channel or whatever. And it played cowboy movies all the time. So mm-hmm. he like that growing up, that is a hundred percent what he was always watching around me were like John Wayne movies and shit like that. Mm-hmm. So there were monster movies like some people had when they were a kid growing up on like TV on like the the few channels they had. So mm-hmm. that's probably a big reason. But he did tell me a fun story. He said when he was a kid, what was really big were like the uh, movies were like a a bomb caused all of the grasshoppers to become gigantic, which is the yeah. one that he referenced. So one time when he was a little kid, his brother was going to see this giant caterpillar movie. And I don't know what that is because them is ants, right? Yeah. Them is ants. Was it Mothra? <laughs> I don't think so. Cause Mothra starts as a giant caterpillar and then becomes Mothra. I mean, it's possible. The monster that challenged the world. That's exactly maybe. what came up, right? When I- <laughs> yeah, maybe that's it. I was like, there is one where it's like, it, it comes out of the ocean, but it looks like a giant caterpillar. That's 100%. Which, yep. yeah, it says a giant mollusk, which looks like a giant caterpillar. Yep. So that came out in 1957. My dad was born in 1950. So in South Dakota, maybe yep. he got there around when he was like eight or so, right? Sure, yep. Um, so his brother, was, who's older than him, was going to see the movie. And um, his parents said, the only way you can go is if you take your little brother. And so he took my dad, who I guess freaked out, and they had to leave the movie theater because he was like screaming. Oh no! <laughs> and, so, and so, yeah, that that just made me laugh. But those are the movies that he really remembers. And the giant, giant bugs, giant you know? bugs. Like I, those were his youth. I know so many of those because my dad also loves a lot of those movies, like them. <laughs> With the giant uh-huh. ants and uh, the deadly mantis, which is about a giant praying mantis. Wow. So, yeah, yeah there's some fun stuff. And then my dad brought up the thing because he's seen the first two iterations. And I also recall when we did the what's the original called? The, the, thing, the thing from another world. From another world. Like, I was like, this seems like a movie my dad would like. And 100% it was. Like, my dad okay. loves that movie. And he loves the Kurt Russell one as well. Yep. So, I was like, oh, well, that tracks because exactly like my yeah, dad. Yeah, so. It's it's such like a, it's like a I don't know, like if you're not into scary movies, but you're in like war movies, yeah. it like falls right in line because it's about this group of dudes. And, you know, they're it's about capable, like military minded, like guys. So, totally. yeah, yeah, totally. Total dad movie. Yep, for sure. Uh, shall we get to our other telegram? Can you read I, that from good old uh, Lauren? Yeah, let's do it. Lauren also wrote in. Well, first she sent a lovely video of something I might be interested in, which was a magazine. Uh, I'm sure yeah. it's one of those like compilation magazines I see in like uh, the, the drugstore, you know, at the counter uh, mm-hmm. where they'll be on a different subject. But this one was crimes that shocked the world. Ooh, shocking. And it's like a true crime. It looked cool. She sent a video flipping through it. I'm like, yep, I totally would be reading that. Um, <laughs> 
But she also messaged us and said, glad the voice has got a solid three decapitated heads in a fridge. It's not amazing, but you guys seem to enjoy the same aspects that I enjoy. My husband just discovered Cocaine Bear the other day. Yeah, and I think the trailer came out after we had recorded and talked about it. They put out the full trailer and it looks crazy. Um, Nice. And Lauren continues to write, we enjoyed Zombievers, which I like too. Uh, (laughs) And Squirrels, I don't know that one. And Black Sheep. We liked that one uh, and Lake Placid. So I'm sure we'll have fun with this movie as well. Uh, he's also excited about Winnie the Pooh and the mean one. I just told him that the mean one is played by David Howard Thornton, AKA art, the clown. And he busted out with maniacal laughter. I married the right man. <laughs> yeah. I think I wrote her back and I was like, um, that must be so nice to have yeah. a spouse. I mean, there's nothing. Our spouses are fucking great. Okay. Okay, mm-hmm. Joe, I love you. Um, but like to have a spouse who's like, oh my God, I love Art the Clown. I'm gonna go fucking <laughs> see this movie too. Like, yeah, yeah, that's um that must be an unusual feeling. Yeah, that must be fun. But man, I get butterflies anytime in my stomach when my husband is like, Oh, I want to go see that scary movie. Like with yes. Megan, I'm like, oh my God, my heart, Twitter. Yeah, I, I think I told you that happened to me when Sarah one night was just like, I want to watch Midsummer. And I was like, <gasps> <laughs> yes, right now. Let's watch it this instant. So must yeah. catch this lightning in a bottle. Yep. So and she thought it was great because I remember when it ended, she was like, How did that not win every award? Like that's no, just I, a great movie. I was shocked when my husband liked it too. It, it's mm-hmm. that's crazy because it's so long and just so different. Yeah, it's so long and it is like uh graphic and weird so yeah i was surprised that she enjoyed it so much but she did so ah, but fuck it's so good but i wonder if like how i felt about florence Pugh that year and her wanting wanting her to get nominated for an academy award is very much like mia goth but i still have a feeling in my gut that mia goth is gonna get nominated i think so too <laughs> i think the chatter about pearl is just like unrelenting at this point and yeah. especially focused on her performance that mm-hmm. the academy will be you know It'll be yeah. a giant misstep, uh, which they've done many <laughs> very big ones <laughs> oh, yeah. very recently. Like, this is why people just do not have the same feelings about them anymore. But yeah, I think yeah, it'll be a giant sure. misstep if they don't acknowledge her. Well, please write in uh, scaring is sharing at gmail.com. As I mentioned before, follow us on Insta. Scaring is sharing. Dive right into our DMs. We want to hear from you. We do. Anything else to talk about, Jeremy? No, I think that's it. I had a few things of note, but we hit them. We hit, <laughs> we, we hit them all while we were talking. So, well, cool. Well, let's get to our shares. So, Jeremy and I share a movie with the other person that they've not seen before. We watch them. We come back. We talk about them. Well, the last time we picked, you went first, actually. Oh, then please go ahead. Uh, so I go first this time, uh, and we just hit on this the last uh, last episode. So I want to go seasonal with it. Uh, and I'm assigning you Silent Night, Deadly Night for the initiation. Oh. oh, the initiation. I was wondering if it was the toy chest or whatever. The toy maker. That's the yeah. fifth one. Oh, okay. So four is the initiation, which I do oh. think uh, you will be uh, surprised by this movie. Oh, fun. I'm looking forward to it. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I can't remember after what you said in the last episode. I feel like since the first three are all about the same thing, I feel like this one veers off into something else. Since it's called The Initiation, I think it's going to be about a satanic Santa cult who it's about. They get together. They're trying to raise a, a Santa-like demon 
And instead of like, you know, the typical pentagram, it's going to be like, I don't know, a sugar cookie with like four Christmas trees crisscrossed on it to create an interesting symbol. And they raise the Santa, Satan, demon, and craziness happens upon the world. Well, first off, I think we need to write that movie that you're saying, and we're going to call it Hail Santa. (laughs) Hail Santa! (laughs) So... But yeah, okay. I think you're going to be totally Santa's slaves. Yeah, Santa's <laughs> slaves. I love it. That would be the elves. Yes. He turns you into an elf if he catches you. Oh my God, um, funny. All right, yeah. well, I'm excited. Yeah, I think you'll be totally surprised by this thing. Yeah, all oh. right. Cool. Well, seasonal bliss. I'm giving you a movie that I want to watch again before the end of the year because it caught me off guard a little bit the first time. And I'm really curious to hear your thoughts. Mm-hmm. So, I'm giving you, we're all going to the World's Fair. Oh, okay. Yeah. This is that weird one that I don't... All I know about it is the, the, I've seen the image of it. Uh, on like It's on like HBO right now or something like that. Um, and I know it was like shot on Zoom or something, or it, it's, you know, very contained from what I know and an experimental sort of shot in one location with like not even real... I say real, but, you know, movie cameras are like in the idea, the cinematic style you would expect. So uh, I don't know. I, I I know it's real weird. I think it has something to do with like alternate universe or the idea of like a parallel universe. Uh, and I think it might be uh, uh, somebody talking about this. I know the Internet is involved somehow. So I think it's like people going down some weird sort of like uh what do you want to call it? Uh, Mandela effect style, like rabbit hole on the internet where they're talking to each other about some weird concept or weird paranormal phenomenon that's happening. So, uh, and hilarity ensues. <laughs> of course it does. Yep, that's what I think happens. <laughs> All right, well, let's watch them and come back and talk about them. Don't you blame the movies. Movies don't create psychos. Movies make psychos more creative. we talk about the movies that's right let's get to it all right so first up is none other than silent night deadly night part four initiation or the initiation i've seen it both ways yeah i think it said the in the movie right but other places like letterbox has it as initiation with no the in front of it but either way let's do this uh, directed by Brian Usna. Hopefully it's a name that you remember from our past. Sure do. We've talked about him before. Uh, and the description, well, first off, the tagline on Letterboxd is, if I die before I wake, thank you. <laughs> oh my God, that's so weird. Like, don't even make yes. it like a Christmas anything. Nope. Nope. And then the uh, uh, the description is a reporter investigating the bizarre death of a woman who leaped from a building in flames, finds herself mixed up in a cult of witches who are making her part of their sacrificial ceremony during the Christmas season. That's right. And the cult is lesbianism. Uh... <laughs> yeah, I, I guess so. Right. Or at least just, you know. No men. <laughs> That's lesbianism. 
No, I'm just kidding. I mean, not necessarily. <laughs> I know, I'm just kidding. Um, it's just okay. This movie is so fucking weird. I definitely laughed multiple times. So it wasn't like so bad it was bad. It was so bad it was good. And yes. it is and just strange. Like, so strange. But like, did Brian use them make this movie and then they just tacked that on because they thought it would do better than the initiation? I don't know for sure. Like I've read some stuff that says it always started life as a silent night, deadly night movie or was always supposed to be. Uh, but Brian used and, you know, his collaborators just decided to do whatever they wanted with it <laughs> without being beholden to the prior movies uh, other than setting it on Christmas. That's about all the connection you get to any of the. Oh, and, and there's a scene where Clint Howard's character is watching silent night, deadly night three on tv uh-huh. uh and laughing at the killer santa which is a funny moment uh funny in a strange surreal way where you're like halloween three kind of way yeah exactly where you're like what the fuck um but uh this is now what else i've read too is that they wanted to do a sequel to society and never got to and this is this movie is full of a bunch of recycled ideas for their like oh. their premise for a society sequel so there's definitely motifs if you've not seen society there's a lot of melding parts together of people like body parts becoming one and sort of like a gooey mess and there's a lot of that happening here or at least some of it not as much as society but there's definitely no moments and even in one in which those molded parts become a weapon <laughs> yeah yeah there's that and this this also has more, more bugs but it's oh, still like my god bugs coming out of human bodies it's like a still a body horror thing so i can definitely see this as a nice you could double feature society and then follow it up with this movie and you'd have like great companion pieces to each other a hundred percent. But yeah, there are so many bugs. There's giant worms. There's a shit ton of cockroaches, like so many cockroaches, ants. It's a little of just everything. Yeah. Yeah. And, I, oh, and like I said, I think previously, the only other connection to like Silent Night, Deadly Night, anything is that Clint Howard's character is named Ricky. Oh, yeah. You had mentioned that, but I guess I like somehow blocked that out here. Yeah. But Yeah. He's named Ricky. Is he supposed to be the same character as the previous Ricky's? Probably not, but, but who knows? Yeah, him watching it on the TV makes me venture to yeah. say no, because that's a little too layered or unlayered yeah. or whatever. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's so more it's just a like too, a nod. Yeah, it's a nod, I think, at best. But he definitely kind of steals the show. That character is, you know, very... He gets all the fun moments uh, or anything that funny lines and anything like that. So, yeah. And there's sort of like a working girl vibe, like, oh, women can't make it in this world. Men get all the jobs. And like, because there's a woman reporter. She's a reporter, right? Yeah, she's a reporter. Yep. She wants this this gig and they won't give it to her because she's not a man. And and she screams a lot. Okay. She like yells her lines all the time. I'm like, honey. They're in the same room. It's okay. Just like speak to that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> She's horrible. On on rewatch of this movie, it is shocking how one dimensional most of the characters are. Uh, totally. Because I think the first time I watched this, I was mostly just taken aback by how strange it was and the special effects that when you go into this blind thinking you're watching another Silent Night, Deadly Night movie, you are totally taken aback at least i was because i didn't know like the direction this movie would go totally taken aback by the body horror 
freak out witchcraft freak out that it becomes by the end and yeah yeah. but this this time around i was thinking this is my second watch and i was thinking how flat most of the characters are like the only interesting characters are supporting characters like again clint howard the guy that runs like the market that they have their meetings in Mm -hmm. and i like janice i love alice beasley i I, I never even watched moonlighting but like i know her immediately when i see her even though i look at her credits Mm -hmm. i'm like i don't remember ever seeing her in anything but i love her and she's Mm -hmm. got some layers to her yeah it's yeah it's mostly these i don't know it's just it's it feels like a movie that should be more unpredictable for some of the stuff that's in it, but the plot itself is really predictable. Like, you know where it's going and it goes you know, exactly nowhere, there. At least plot wise, that is shocking. So I did enjoy all like the faces and things. Like, mm-hmm. it was not super obvious. Like, it kind of reminded me of that really bad Sandra Bullock movie, Premonition, mm. and how there's all like her face made out of all the birds. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which was so weird. There was another movie, and I can't remember what it was, but it came out years later, and they used that poster like to promote it. And I was like, that's premonition. Like It was so weird. Do you know what I'm talking oh, about? No, no, I don't remember at all. Okay. No, I got to check that out. Yeah, I need to look into that, too. But I never saw premonition. I can only imagine it was horrible, though. Sure, yeah. I know the premonition. There's a movie from the 70s, which... It's kind of weird and cool. And then I know there's another movie called Premonition, which is the one you're talking about that nobody yes. likes. So no, no, no one likes that shit. Yeah. But yeah. So, I mean, I know that you gave the brief plot description, but yeah. So this reporter is like, I'm going to handle the story by myself. And there's like someone who fell from a bur- a building burning. And I love their chalk outline with like the burned legs. Yeah. So she's investigating it, and then she falls into this coven of witches by going to a bookstore, and then they they want her to yeah. be a part of it all. For whatever, it seems, it's like, like they explain it, but it still doesn't really make much sense when you think about it, like the entire cult and like what they're doing uh, in, a, in any sort of like rational way where you're like, why? What's even the point of what they're up to? So... What what do they explain it as? I don't even fucking remember. Yeah, I mean, it's something to do with uh, the lead witch's daughter was supposed to be. And like, this reporter kind of looks like her. Yeah, so they need her instead to fulfill this like prophecy they're doing where they're going to have power. But like <laughs> they sort of say, if you don't do what we say, you're going to end up like the woman who fell off the building burning in the beginning. So it's yeah. like, did that woman also look like her daughter? <laughs> Yeah, I, I, yeah, it it gets really confusing, and for some reason, also giant bugs come out of you. I don't remember, or they like put a bug in you. They don't explain the bugs. The bugs are just there. Like that's not a yeah. key component of anything to they're do with part witchcraft. Of the earth, okay, that, that I know of, other than they're like. By the way, we've got giant alien slug things that like <laughs> they were giant worms. So yeah. it made me think though during one of the scenes where it was sort of Rosemary's baby. Like they kind of drug her and then they're going to like put this giant worm in her, which feels like weird for it being like a cult full of women. It feels very like sort of phallic and like we're putting this. Yeah. Phallic long fleshy thing inside of you. Uh Um, And then she throws it up or something, whatever. But it reminds me, isn't there like a torture thing where they put like a rat under a bowl on your stomach and then they heat up the bowl. So the rat like eats through you to get away. Yes. So, like, of all the torture devices, that to me seems like one of the absolute worst things ever. Oh, anything with, yeah, or there's the one where they put, you know, a box on your head with live rats in it, like, (sighs) yeah, so those are, yeah, 
anything like that is terrible. Leads me to time back to the first part of the episode, American Psycho. Mm-hmm. Have you read the book? Absolutely. Oh God. There is a very similar sort of thing. They may even talk about that torture device that mm-hmm. is too graphic, even for us to talk about. <laughs> yeah. And you're book, like, they're not going to do that in that movie, and they don't, but there are drawings of it at the end, which I appreciate. Yeah, as a nod, yeah, yeah. To, the, to the book, which most of the book is unfilmable by any, like, sane person that would be like, let's make this movie and actually get it released. You wouldn't put half the material that's in the book no. into the movie, but... It was so interesting. Weren't there, weren't there supposed to be music numbers in the movie? Do you remember hearing about this? Like one really? of the scripts had like them like singing and dancing down the street at the end or something. Oh, really? Yeah, there were not like that they filmed, but like other like versions of the yeah, script. I the know written. that there were like yeah music numbers somehow, and it I ended could, like with one something like that. I could see that if you were leaning into like the world through Patrick Bateman's eyes, if you wanted to do it, you know. Yeah, like all of his songs. Like I'm very he, curious in the musical. His madness, but yeah, I, we've like talked about like, oh, maybe we could do the musical because it just seems like people will come see it. But it's also like I can't imagine it's any good. But I've not listened to any of it, so no. I don't know. But it, the musical should just be Huey Lewis in the news music, and like, like Whitney Houston and stuff, which they couldn't yeah. even get the rights for the movie to do. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So you would just do, you know, the music that he's into. Like, why would you even write original songs? You should just use those songs. And isn't it someone weird like Duncan Sheik? Am I crazy? Does that ring a bell? No. It doesn't ring a bell? No, I don't know. Hmm. You talk about something else. I'm going to look that up. (laughs) Anyway, back to Silent Night, Deadly Night 4. Um, Yeah, I mean... Oh, and as a fan of the Phantasm movies, one of the jarring things in this movie is to see Reggie Bannister, who's the boss at like the newspaper, mm. like the dick boss. It's like, go get us some coffee, honey. To her. <laughs> You're a woman. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but like Reggie Bannister, I pretty much only know him from the Phantasm movies. Like that's, you know, his claim to fame is he's he was friends with Don Coscarelli, the okay. director and creator of Phantasm. And he appeared in every single Phantasm movie. Um, but apparently he's done some other acting here or there, but it is like weird to see him in something that's not related to phantasm. So, well, I'm going to put this out there now, Jeremy, cause I don't think I ever have. I have not fully seen phantasm one or two. FYI. I've seen bits and pieces of both, but I definitely have not seen either one in entirety. So just add to the list. I know that's more your thing. You handle the list. I love the list. I stay away from the list because I pretty much always know what you've watched and not watched. But yeah, you're but yes, I know you keep up on it. So thank you. Yeah, I'm a weirdo. I like lists and (laughs) things like that. I like to physically see it in front of me. But yeah, I've seen bits of both, but definitely have not seen them in entirety. All right. Well, we might have to tackle the phantasms at some point. But yeah, this movie is so silly. Like, I definitely liked it way more than part three, for sure. Absolutely. And part two. And yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I guess I, I don't remember part. I All I remember is how hot the guy is in part one. Like, he is so hot. Mm-hmm. The, the the villain. He's so, so. Sexy. Oh, yeah, he's he's good looking. And yeah. then from there. Did he die in real life? Did he? I don't know. <laughs> I figured, you know, you know everything. I don't know. I did know Duncan Sheik did the music to American Psycho. That is true. And Roberto Aguirre Casa did the, the book, which he's like a somewhat famous gay playwright. So, OK. Silent Night, Deadly Night. I'm looking up this up now. I don't know why I feel like he died. Let's find out. Like he's young. He shouldn't have. But I mean, you know, not like someone shouldn't or shouldn't die. But 
It wouldn't have been natural causes if he did. Oh, wow. He doesn't even have his own Wikipedia article. Robert Brian Wilson. No, it looks like he's still around. Okay, good. Well, I am glad that I he think. is. Oh, yeah. At least IMDb says he still is. I don't know yeah. why I had this notion that he was a goner, but I'm really glad he's alive. I hope he has a really terrific Christmas. You know? Apparently, he was in a movie called A Husband for Christmas. Oh, well. In 2016. So. I'm sure it was smashing. Yep, yep. <laughs> I mean, maybe you're thinking about the guy that played Ricky in Silent Night, Deadly Night 2. After that came out, like, he disappeared. Okay. Like, he, he seemed to have vanished off the face of the earth, and there was, like, this big push of people trying to find him again as the movie got, like, rediscovered, because he totally, like... Kind of like Mark uh, Patton? Yeah, I think the movie just did so poorly that he, you know, walked away from acting and public life and all that and then I got mean, uh, i don't yeah. blame him because and, and then got rediscovered and now he's beloved as this cult figure so sure so those yeah. stories can have happy endings much like mark Patton. yeah yep and so. this movie i also really loved the credits they were i was like wow a lot of effort went into these opening credits yeah, the opening credit sequence is really cool <laughs> it is it's like what is happening it's like designs and patterns and all sorts of weird shit like i'm like this is kind of fun yeah brian usna is really good at opening credits because the society opening credits are similar mm-hmm. uh and the reanimator series has similar opening credits which of which he was producer and director of the sequels okay and the dentist that's him as well right yeah and the dentist movies are him as well yeah he loves his body horror yeah yeah he's like he's like culty cronenberg yeah a much cultier cronenberg yeah lower budget (laughs) cronenberg trying to do more splatter type movies than uh less cerebral more for yes. the gross out factor which is not yes. there's nothing wrong with that but no definitely not but definitely more trashy yeah a little trashy sure. like a trashy cronenberg yeah yeah trashenberg now that just sounds like michelle trachtenberg which i do <laughs> love her where is she i love michelle trachtenberg yeah what happened to her yeah oh the key what's what's her name don and buffy mm-hmm. yeah don yeah. the key i loved her everyone mm-hmm. else hated her not everyone but lots of people hated don yeah i was I into love- don I connected to that character. Not like in a dirty, pervy way. Just like yeah. I liked her. You know? Yeah, I connected with that character. I think it's, <laughs> people always hate the, the the youngster characters and stuff that are like, she's just the annoying young girl, you know, young character. Like, happened to Will Wheaton on Star Trek. He had to live for years with everybody hating uh, Wesley. And now everyone looks back and like, oh, that's a great character. And like There's- little cousin Rusty or whatever on the Brady Bunch, there was like, wasn't there like a little redheaded kid that they yeah. brought and then everyone hated him? It wasn't Rusty. I'm just calling him Rusty because his hair was red. Yeah. Uh, Oliver? Cousin Ol- cousin Oliver. I that's, think that's it. it. Yeah, yeah. Everyone fucking hated Cousin Oliver. Yeah. People hate kids. What's up with that? I know. Kids are the worst. No, we love them. <laughs> Christmas is about children. Yeah. And they have to grow up to be horror fans. So. <laughs> that's right. We need them. Yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah, so this is silly fun, but yeah, if you're looking for something a little trashy that just has some Christmas trees in it here and there. <laughs> yeah. No snow, no sand. Oh, well, yeah, and a, one of the more awkward Christmas get-togethers I've seen on film when uh, she goes with her boyfriend to see the uh, um, hit meet his family for the first time. Yes. And they're like, oh, by the way, she's Jewish. And dad's like, <laughs> I'm a racist. And I, 
<laughs> like just that's just shoehorned in there that the dad is an awful like Archie Bunker dude. Yeah, but it's yeah. like what is even the point of this scene? You know, it doesn't just to introduce them so that we can come back to the little boy. Yep, spoilers. I feel like nobody will really give no a shit. Cares. But spoilers. <laughs> I love that the movie ends too with like, well, I guess I'm in charge of my dead boyfriend's younger brother now. Like that's just at the end there where. She's like, I saved you, but his family's dead. And so now what? And I mean, you're probably getting arrested for kidnapping him. Okay. Yeah. And she's the one that kidnapped him. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, what a weird ending. Like, I want to see the aftermath. How does that wrap up now? But yeah, bugs eat her. I hope. <laughs> anyway. Uh, yeah. Unless you have anything else to add. Um, I don't. Let's move don't. on to the rating out of five. Uh <laughs> psychedelic like body bugs bugs that come um, out of your body uh due to witchcraft how many do you give it that's a long um rating decipher or i don't know what the word is um i'm gonna you know what i'm feeling generous it's the season tis the season for generosity i'm gonna go three because it, it was fun yeah i'm also going three so oh wow look at that scare of approval that is a scare of approval i was Wondering if this one would make the cut, but um, I did. I know I was wondering the same thing. And as we talked about, I'm like, this is just silly fun. Okay. Yeah. In my mind, watching it, I was like, I can't go any higher than a three. Um, I have enough fun watching it. There's some fun moments. The entire sequence when she, uh, you know, she's she's overcome with the witchcraft, I guess, and she has to have sex with her boyfriend for whatever. I can't remember something was supposed to happen there. I think it's part of like the ritual. But then Clint mm-hmm. Howard's just watching TV in there, like, oh and they God. realize he's there. Like that whole moment is probably one of the highlights of the movie. Like that whole sequence, uh, so bizarre. Yeah, it kind of comes out of nowhere, but also like I feel like the moments leading up to it, you're like, is anything gonna happen again in this movie? <laughs> gets to there and then from there it's just a sprint to the finish of bizarreness until it's over yeah. so so the final act really makes up for any slowness in the rest of the movie but yeah i mean it's a market improvement over two and three for sure for sure uh, i hear five is a step backwards again yeah uh and then of course the reboot is pretty cool but yeah Silent Night, Deadly Night is just a series where i'm like wow none of it really is amazing how did it go this long <laughs> Because it's a gimmick. You got to yeah, have a gimmick. Six movies somehow out of this yeah. series. And Talk about long running horror franchises that aren't good. Yeah, definitely one of the lesser ones. So, yeah, we'll yeah. throw that into the conversation now, too, about what's the worst long running yeah, horror it's franchise. It's definitely in the conversation. So um, moving on. Right. Next. Again, jumping to 2022, because that's when this movie came out. It is this year, even though but it's premiered technically Sundance yes. in 2021. Yes. But it's considered a 22 movie. And it is. We're all going to the World's Fair. I think this is the episode we have with the two longest titles um, mm-hmm. collectively. And it's directed by Jane Schoenbrun, I believe. I'm pronouncing it correctly. And the letterbox description, reality and fantasy begin to blur when teenager Casey, alone in her attic bedroom, immerses herself in a role-playing horror game online. Overall, what did you think of it? Overall, I enjoyed this. Okay. I definitely enjoyed this, but this is different. I can imagine a lot of people would not dig this because it's just not, it's definitely experimental in its approach. Um, And I feel like definitely tailor-made for people that came up in this sort of YouTube 
chat room, you know, internet world. Mm -hmm. Like I immediately connect because I knew people that were into some of this type of stuff. Uh, once it started to be a thing, like once I was in college and like, I, I definitely speak the language this movie was speaking. I know where it was coming from. So, so I know I read the description, but if you haven't watched it, essentially this girl does this challenge where you look into the computer, you cut your finger, you wipe the blood on the screen and you say, I want to go to the world's fair three times. You play this freaky video and then like your body is supposed to start going through these changes. And it's sort of all about her journey in that and her connecting with other people who've gone through the challenge or who are into the challenge online. Have you heard of other things like this, like an actual sort of, I mean, it makes me think of Candyman, of course, or like Bloody Mary. It's mm -hmm. similar to that sort of thing. But have you heard of internet challenges that are creepy like this? Not necessarily. I'm not super versed on everything. Like, I feel like it's borrowing a little bit from like creepy pastas where there are stories about games that get out of control, but I don't, you know, most people are like the game never existed. Like th this was not a, this was entirely fictionalized mm -hmm. in a made up story. Um, I know there are online like role playing games. Like I remember there was like a precursor, like early versions of this. There was one where you're like part of some UFO conspiracy. Um, uh, but it, it was based on like, you know, pre-recorded messages and stuff. And okay. It, it, you know, it got, uh, it was obviously a game, but uh, stuff like, I guess, related, I would relate it to the game. If you remember that movie, mm -hmm. um, something like that. Yeah, I, I know there's communities that do those sorts of things, but I have little exposure to them, actually. So I and I do wonder, is that something that's still happening? Mm -hmm. And then further, just description wise, to sum it all up. This girl, Casey, who is the one who does the challenge in the very beginning, connects with this guy who goes by JLB. And it's sort of a lot of the movies about their relationship and where that goes. And um, yeah, that's what I'll say about that. I don't want to get too spoilery. I did. I do love both of their performances. I think especially Anna Cobb, who plays Casey, mm -hmm. is so good. And she's, she's in Bones and All, which is getting just great reviews. I, I got to see it. Mm -hmm. And I'm gonna. Okay. We have to. I know. I want to see that and the menu. I just want to go do a double feature sometime because mm -hmm. they're still out there. Yeah. Maybe not for much longer, but I think she's so, she is so interesting, so unique to watch. She feels so real. It does yes. feel very raw. And just for like, I, I imagine she's fairly young. I mean, she looks it. She definitely feels like a teenager. She's so lonely and it just, it, you feel it. I love that they don't go all like found footage, real footage, whatever you call it. Like, I like that there definitely are cameras. Filming mm -hmm. things, especially the opening scene when she does the challenge, you're not seeing it from the computer. So you can see her kind of get ready and do like a couple takes. And mm -hmm. I just think that's so cool that we know very little about what she's actually doing. We get hints of it. And then we kind of figure out later, oh, you wiped the blood on the screen, even though we don't see that happen. And just there's just I, I think it's very clever and how it's filmed that it does sort of a melding between the two. It does. Yeah. It jumps back and forth between found footage and traditional, uh, you know, narrative filmmaking, uh, except it's done in such a subtle way that they're not like jarring. Like the changes are not mm -hmm. jarring back and forth. It all has a similar vibe. Um, and I did really appreciate because when all was said and done, I was like, oh, it makes sense. We are seeing the world. We were seeing her world. You know, we were locked into her experience of reality for most of the movie. Uh, and I feel like that was a brilliant thing to, like, not show the dad and to not really get into uh, outside of her own 
little box because it's like, God, her little existence felt like shit. It just seems terrible, but that's reflective of her own, you know, lonely uh, feelings. Yeah, she's so lonely. And then I also love how eventually you start seeing JLB's world. Yeah. Like at first he's just this creepy picture and these messages to her. And then you start seeing his world and he's like equally as sad. Like mm-hmm. he's just sort of a sad person. And I think I need to get spoilery now. So spoilers, yeah. if you want to go watch this movie, HBO Max, go check it out. It's there. Yep. Okay. My reason that I didn't like this movie the first time, and it wasn't that I hated it. I just, I was expecting it to have, to be horror. I thought for sure her body was going to change. It was going to get creepy. Even in the end, again, spoilers, if you haven't been figured that out already, I thought we were going to see he had her locked up in the closet at the very end or something. Like, I thought there was going to be a dramatic, creepy twist. And it really is just sort of a, cre- a sad a commentary on, like, how lonely people are. Yeah. How do you feel about the end? Tell me what you think about the very end. All right. So this ties into this movie definitely connected with me like emotionally because as I was watching it, I felt like I knew this person. Like I, Which one? Uh, uh, Casey, the lead okay. in that okay. I knew people like this, uh, it's, you know, being a weird nerd my whole life. I've known other weird nerds who have had varying degrees of ability to like function in the world. Um, and have people that have struggled with these sorts of, uh, issues with you know uh integrating if you will into mm-hmm. being able to do reality when yeah you just struggle so much with loneliness and sadness and not being able to fit in that the an alternate reality a la the internet seems like a better alternative but uh that kind of lose themselves in that for a while and it can be you know that's can that's even worse it just makes things worse um but yeah no i i really connected with that because i like i've seen this play out in real time with people not as dramatically as this but realizing like oh you're i just want to be your friend and help you because you're the sad weird nerd that just needs uh somebody to connect to in real life as opposed to through this fake uh mmo you know the multi massive multiplayer role-playing game um but when it got to the ending i really appreciated first off that twist when the rug is pulled out from under you that you're like this is all fake like you're not actually supposed to change like this was a game and, but you've been in this believing it was real. Like she clearly as a character thought she was going to turn into a monster or something was going to happen. And it didn't because they're like, this is a game. Like you realize that, right? Like it's not, uh, which of course was clearly like shattering to her that there was no escape from real life provided by this. Um, and I saw people debate online. I guess it, it is open-ended, open to interpretation. Um, but I want to be optimistic about it. So I take the ending at face value that what uh, JBL is saying is actually what happened, that yes, uh, she did get help and they reconnected later. Uh, And it was weird because they weren't like real friends in real life, but he did get to find out that she's doing okay now after this. Uh, And I can take that and be happy with that. See, I 100% don't think so. Yeah, I I didn't really think about it much the first time because I was so sort of thrown off. And it just didn't, it's not like it didn't sit well with me, but it ended and I was like, I don't, I didn't, that, I didn't care for that so much. Mm-hmm. But then I listened to It's Only a Podcast, they talked about it, and I was like, huh, okay. And then I was like, I gotta watch it again, knowing what happens, knowing what it is. Because, mm-hmm. like, it's classified as horror. I don't think it's wrong to classify it there. No. 
But that isn't what it is. It's like a coming of age story. It's like an internet role playing story. Yeah, it straddles a few different genre lines. But like when it got to the end, I just thought, huh, I feel given the cameras that what we did see filmed and whatever. And I just felt at the end, we're hearing what he like his role playing of how he wished it would have gone. Mm-hmm. at the end but not that that's what happened i think he never heard from her again i'm not yeah. saying she like killed herself like she was like he was worried about her doing but i don't think he ever heard from her again yeah and that's that made it so much sadder to me and like a good way like in a way that i loved i was like oh yeah I, and again i mean that's the beauty of a film like this i think it's open to interpretation uh that just speaks to me personally i want to go with uh, something more optimistic because this really made me think about. Uh, plenty of real life like true crime stories i've heard of where people lost themselves in an alternate reality online and like diaried their descent Mm. into madness online and all of those end horribly and so fascinating i don't real life often with murder or suicide or just awful things that are like okay uh, in the movie world i'll pretend that there was a happy ending because it seems like so often there is not in real life so yeah, and I feel like the setup is just so good. If you're not going to watch it and you're still listening, like, essentially, eventually, this older man sort of calls her out and is like, um, you know this is fake, right? You know we're playing a game. And she's like, ah, duh, yeah, of course, you're a creep, you're a pedo. And then she, like, hangs up on him. Mm-hmm. And then, like, years later, he's like, we met years later. She apologized. She went to help. She's now in theater school. We mm-hmm. had a good moment. I've also read interpretations online that he like molested her when they saw each other like there's certain phrases he uses Hmm. that some people have taken that he did have a thing for her all this time and that he that something did happen when they met up which i don't i'm not into that but i just it was an interesting theory to read yeah Um, i did pause it this time because i was watching on the big screen and i walked up to the tv there's like one part where he's recording a message to her and he has written out like what he's going to say to her and there's all these other little things on his desktop there's like all these notes about what's going on in the game and it's fast it was fascinating to read because like the woman like with the wings there's like a whole slop subplot point where it says like people who were like reformed from the world's fair or who got out of it and like the world of the game is like him and her her name's rachel and it says like rachel with the wings or something like that there's also an alternative ending online that you can watch on youtube and it includes him talking to that that character that rachel with the wings and they're just talking about the world of the game and stuff for a couple of minutes and then it goes to the ending that we see oh there's like an extra extra footage with her but when you pause it on that screen and you go up and you look at all the notes about like the game Mm -hmm. and he talks about like the guy with like the tickets in his arms and that you know he's changing and someone else like that and like the world of the game that you go through this area before you get to the fairgrounds and like all that stuff is like a mystery to me since i tried to play like dungeons and dragons or a role-playing game like once and i'm like yeah this is not for me i'm Mm -hmm. creative and i love that but like no (laughs) i don't Mm -hmm. get into this my mind doesn't work that way for some reason i applaud those who can but i it's Mm -hmm. not me so it's just it's just interesting because for her she's so young and impressionable and he must have known she was young so like how could you assume that she knows it's a game like she's young and impressionable like i don't know it's just it's all so fascinating to me and the second time made such a difference in watching it it's Mm -hmm. just so 
so fascinating to me. Yeah. And I, I feel like it's the sort of thing like he came to find her. Uh, I would assume through uh, her videos, especially the ones becoming more intense, why he's like, we got to talk because your stuff is way more intense than I'm assuming the other people playing the game. Cause she gets, you know, I, I imagine she just kind of joined the community without realizing that it was a game uh, and then was in there for a minute. And then that's what kind of singled her out like as a disruptive person, if you will, where they're like, wait, then there's this videos from this, this girl who's talking about killing her dad. Like that's, we got to spend special attention on that now and figure out like, is this part of, are you just going too hard or is there something really troubling happening here? So. And I think there probably is something to like the kinship. Like you see how lonely he is. He has this, I love those scenes where he walks around his house Mm -hmm. and you just see how giant it is. And at one point you see someone like come in with groceries and you're like, is he married? And then probably not. It's probably like a housekeeper or something, but you don't know. It could be like his sister. Maybe he has the, who knows? Or his mom or something like that. That's what I was thinking. It was like, okay, he's probably, you know, lives with, a family member or something like that. And is... but that he probably connected with her on this deep level of like, Oh man, I'm just as lonely as she is. Maybe he was just like her when he was younger, but yeah, then it's just so, cause so he did. Interesting. Yeah. He did have that line where he's like, I know the stupid thoughts in your head when you're younger. So I'm like, okay, he probably suffered with depression as a kid and uh, thought of, you know, self-harming or harming others too. And uh, can see that in her now and it could go very badly. And there's like a weird scene with AMSR, which is so gross. <laughs> it does nothing for me. I'm glad to hear you say that too. Cause I know that like was all the rage for a minute and I've heard people talk it up, but I'm like, I have literally no reaction to it when I listen to it. So I don't understand. But I did this time. It hit me a little different than the first time because knowing she doesn't have a mom mm-hmm. or at least we don't know anything about her mom. Right. She never talks about her and we what? only hear the dad online it's her dad is referred to as her widower father so apparently oh, there must be that. there must be something in there that signifies that mom died and she's just with her dad who but like, just the amsr felt like a very motherly figure because mm-hmm. she's like you know oh did you have a bad dream oh and like it just hit me different than being like oh amsr I, I hate that shit um am i saying it right or as yes. amsr yeah Sure. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. But it just hit me different this time. I'm like, oh, she doesn't have a mom anymore. And her dad, obviously, they do not have a good relationship for whatever reason. We don't much know any more I, than that. I know, really. The only sequence of her dad is him just going, shut the fuck up when she's up in the middle of the night listening to music way too loud. But I'm like, I would say the same thing. It's 3 a.m. Yeah. yeah. It's 3 a.m. <laughs> I would say the same thing. But that's why I thought that was the genius of it. Because you don't see dad's side. I'm sure it's him struggling with this, like, I don't know what to do with my depressed child. I don't understand what's going on. So, and my wife died. and yeah, yeah, exactly. But we're seeing it only from her view, which is apparently that living with my dad is miserable. So therefore, which, yeah, just, just the world crafting. It's a small yeah. world, but they did some great world building here. And I've only heard about this. I unfortunately didn't get into any articles or interviews, but I know that the director, Jane Schoenbroom, is non-binary and mm-hmm. apparently this movie is to speak somewhat to that experience as well which i think could be like not feeling comfortable in your own skin or wanting to be something else or wanting to change like mm-hmm. that whole experience like i guess this movie can connect with someone who is non-binary and has you know come to that realization and gone through that yeah what, did you know that going into it i read it after the fact and okay. then there was a scene that really stuck out to me uh knowing that that people 
uh, have that interpretation and perhaps that was part of the filmmaker's intent to have it in there but the sequence where she is talking to what a jbl or whatever that mm-hmm. character's I think name JLB, is but yeah jlb uh and says you know everyone else like transforms and nothing's happened to me i'm just like physically the same why what's wrong sort of thing like what when's it gonna happen so it's like okay i can see the the desire to the the, the discomfort of mm-hmm. you're not who you feel you are yeah yeah oh man or not just, even feel like who you really are you know there's a disconnect yeah. so i watched this at a similar time of day when i did before which is during the daytime which you know me i normally always watch these movies at night but mm-hmm. this movie knowing what it is i mean i pulled all the shades it was still like dark but like it was during the daytime and it just feels like such an appropriate daytime sort of movie to watch but i just ended and it just hit me so much differently which i'm so glad i rewatched it mm-hmm. Because it just threw me off so much the first time, just expecting it to go one way and it not. Yeah, and, and sometimes that sort of thing like works well in your favor, and you're like, "Ooh, that came out of nowhere." But the first time, it like not in a good way. Like, no, I can see how this would be jarring. Yeah, for sure. Hey, this would be a good daytime movie because of uh, you know Michigan. It's December in Michigan, and this movie looks like December in Michigan. <laughs> it does like it all does. those shots? Um. I will say one funny thing was there's the scene where she's looking at the auto zone that's on <laughs> yes. the freeway. And yes. in my head, I went, get in the zone, auto zone. <laughs> and then she goes, auto zone. And I was like, oh my God, I was on the same wavelength as the movie for a minute. So, yeah. And I actually, really, she sings a song at one point. I'm like, I could hear like a good, ver- like she doesn't sing it well. Yeah, but, but I'm like, I could still. hear this as like a club hit, man. <laughs> yeah. Cool. I'm like, I would like that, please. Yeah. Maybe this. someone's done it. I'm going to look into it. Yeah, somebody turned this into a, it could be a banger. (laughs) (laughs) Anything else to say? No, that's about it. But this was, this was, this was wild. Also, also incidentally a Christmas movie. Yeah. Well, like, yeah, because it ends sort of around New Year's Eve. So definitely is like, so she's walking around, there's Christmas lights. She yells at a Santa decoration. You know, it's also yeah, this is I our didn't Christ- think of that. This is our early Christmas episode, guys. <laughs> Merry Christmas, bitches. Merry Christmas, bitches. <laughs> All right. Well, out of five, I don't know, tickets pulled out of your arm, carnival tickets, fair tickets. I give it a four. I'm going to go four and a half. I'm going higher mm, than I thought. Nice. Nice. But still a solid. Scare of approval. Another scare of approval. Yeah, we're back to it. Back at it again. Back at, back it, at again. it again with the scare of approvals. That didn't yep, work. Yep, yep. And uh, there you go. This is your Christmas time viewing, guys. Check both of these out. Put them on at your family gathering. Uh, <laughs> They'll love them both. And watch everyone question your sanity. <laughs> oh, boy. Thank you so much for listening. We have a guest next week. We're so excited. Oh, episode, yeah, that's right. Episode, what is it? Fucking 120? 110. 110. <laughs> Jumping ahead. We'll be there soon enough. Uh, One turn. One turn. Another guest episode. It's going to be fun. It's me, Siafa. So come back and check it out. And write to us, scaringasharing at gmail.com. Instagram, scaringasharing. Slide into the DM. Smash that like button. Rate us. Write us. Review us. If you want. You don't have to, but we'd appreciate it. Yeah. We would appreciate it. We really, really would. We've got... Nice little amount of five star ratings on uh, uh, on uh, iTunes. 
They've been sitting so, there. We do. And or we're Apple or whatever they, the hell you call it. I am not an Apple They've been sitting there for guy. a long while, so it would be great to see it just pop up. Just one more. One more? One more. Give us a review, too, wherever you listen. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Please. Yeah. Merry Christmas to you. We want your feedback. <laughs> yes, we do love feedback. And, um, you know, it's in the trees. It's coming. Santa. And remember, guys, <laughs> food's a little funny at the Clown Cafe. And keep watching and talking about scary movies because scaring is sharing. Bye. Uh... Scaring is sharing. Scaring is sharing. This has been a production of Planet Amp Podcast, powered by Pinecast.